Welcome to the Big Ticket Clients Podcast, where we feature expert thought leaders and cover the best strategies, stories, and psychology you need to land big ticket clients. Because as you know, you can't catch a whale with a worm. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Pillay with the Big Ticket Clients Podcast, and it is my pleasure to introduce Justin Goodbread. Justin, how are you today? Buddy, I'm blessed. I am blessed and honored to be a part of your show, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. And you said you are right now in Tennessee. Tell us a little bit about Tennessee. Tennessee is, is we're ready for springtime over here, ready for the pollen to quit flying around these mountaintops. So I live in East Tennessee mm-hmm. near Knoxville. In fact, our office is in Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I live about 30 minutes west of Tennessee in the country on a farm where I can't see any other human. Whoa. And it makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I've been there before. I used to live in a small uh, town called International Falls. Yeah, like many miles north of uh, Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, yes. and it was like four or five thousand people, nobody for miles. And I know exactly how that feels. It's peace on earth. <laughs> it is. You know, we pour our heart and souls into our clients and our friends and our families every day. And, it's, and at the end of the day, after about a five, ten, fifteen hour day, sometimes it's like I want to go home and just see the deer. Oh my <laughs> gosh! <laughs> <laughs> you ever been there? Yeah, I've been there. Been there, done that. So, Justin, you know, I find you completely, absolutely fascinating for several reasons, and I hope we can cover them. One of them is you are a financial expert and financial advisor in an industry that is so tightly regulated, and yet you have found one of the most creative means to get your message out and to get your word out. Tell us a little bit about how you market using podcasting. Sure. No problem. So as you said, I am a financial advisor. I'm actually, let's be technical for just a second. I'm Mm -hmm. an investment advisor representative for a registered investment advisor. So that's the technical term for it. So they probably probably make you have to say that, right? (laughs) They do. They do. And then I'm supposed to have a long list of disclosures on there that, you know, this is anything we say today is not advice. Anything we talk about, please talk to your professionals, all those other things, right? Yeah. You know, the government is there to protect the consumer. And I really appreciate that. I really do. Yeah. So, but you're right. In my world, the use of certain mediums is very tough. It's very tough. And so one of the things I I opted to do was to start a registered investment advisor and our company's name is Heritage Investors Mm -hmm. um, many years ago. And we worked with some top notch attorneys, some what's called securities attorneys who told me how to properly record a podcast. Mm -hmm. And so there's not very many financial advisors who are actually registered. We're we're not the talking heads that are like your your Dave Ramsey's of the world, your Susie Orman's who are not licensed. We actually have that responsibility that whatever we say can affect somebody. So I spend a lot of time with attorneys learning what I can and can't say. And sometimes I don't get it right. I mean, (laughs) whenever you're pushing out content, you mess up sometimes. So you just have to learn with it, brother. You have to, you have to jump in it and just make it happen. I know. I love that. And you know, another thing about you that I, I, I told you that I'm really fascinated by is that you mix your passion with your purpose, right? You know, here you are, like me, I may, I may add, you are a seasoned musician. Right. I mean, how many instruments do you play? And you found a way to bring your passion into what you do to create profit. I love that. Can you share a little bit, a little bit about your passion and what you do in that area? 
Sure. Yeah. So I, I, I do play musical instruments. I play many. My favorite is probably the piano. I've been playing the piano, um, since I was about four years old now. I'm, I'm 40. So it's been a while. Yep. Um, I picked up the saxophone because I've always wanted to play the sax. I, I love to hear good jazz, good blues sax, you know, mm. just hearing that thing just talk sexy. It just makes me, ooh, <laughs> it gets me going. So go. I picked up the sax last year and, um, had some fun with it. I, I'm not, by any means, I'm not, wouldn't call myself accomplished, but I have played a couple of performances and, um, you know, but the thing about it is, is you're, if you relate music to what you and I do, mm-hmm. it's, you know, music gives us an opportunity to release our inner person. I'm not a singer. I can't vocalize. I sound, I mean, I sound like a dying chicken if you really want to know the <laughs> truth. So that's not who I am. I'm not a singer, but I do know how to express my, what I'm feeling internally through music, whether it be bubbly or, or bluesy or sad or just, you know, uh, empowering where it's, you have very, very large crescendos within music. I think the same thing has to be done whenever we're vocalizing in our passions of our business. Mm. We have to be able to communicate what really what we're really feeling at that moment. So the way I do it is through voice or through video. We have, I use YouTube, I speak in public, um, I get on podcasts and I just share my life. I oh. share what I do. The way I, the a term that I, that I have often said is, we should give away 99.99999% of the information that we have in our head. We should give it away that we shouldn't hold it. Um, another thing, and you probably hope you don't do this because this is kind of morbid. <laughs> I love to go into graveyards. I Ooh, do. Okay. I grew up on the south in the south, very deep south on the ocean. And we have a cemetery there on St. Simon's Island, Georgia, where there's graves back in the early 1700s. The reason why I like is I like to see the ages. I like to see how life kind of morphs. But also it's a m- reminder for me that it's also one of the saddest places because not because somebody's passed away. I mean, that's life. We get that. We and people live fulfilled lives. Many people die way too early, but more importantly, whenever someone passes away, unless they've shared their knowledge, unless they shared their passion, mm-hmm. their life is often vanity. And I really believe that the people that we serve through our businesses need to hear our life, need to hear our experiences. And we need to share that openly mm-hmm. on a regular basis. So I, I bring the passion of music. I bring the passion of who I am hopefully in an audible format through our podcast, hopefully as I'm speaking and hopefully as I'm presenting to clients and to groups. Yeah. You know, Justin, I have to tell you, I couldn't agree with everything you said more. In fact, if I could assign more than 100% to what you said, I would. I think the word that really brings together everything you said is authenticity. You know, in a world of copycat marketing, in a world where, you know, everybody's offering some free template for free here and there, uh, come learn my little $49 thing and you're going to be a multimillionaire. <laughs> yes. Um, isn't it refreshing to hear a Justin Goodbread sharing his truth, his authenticity, his passion, his purpose? Oh, and by the way, he's also a financial expert that has achieved massive success in his industry. So I, I just want to say kudos to you. Um, Thanks, man. On that note, tell us a little bit about sort of your journey. Um, you know, where did you come from? How did you get into financial advising? How did you become so successful? And what can we learn from your story? Sure, sure. So my story began when I was 15 years old. My mom and dad, I was actually I was 14. I'm going to be 15 that that week, as a matter of fact. My dad and mom said, son, if you don't have a job by this Friday, don't come home. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we were a close family. We were a really close family. And it wasn't a threat. It was, but what they were teaching me through that week was, Justin, you can go work for, quote, the man, as my dad and mom did their whole life, or you can learn business. Mm. And through a series of events, by, the, by Friday, my dad had arranged for me to cut grass for a particular neighbor. And lo and behold, I made $40. I'll never forget, I made, got paid $40 cash to cut that grass. I came home and I was showered, clean, dressed and everything. And then my dad comes home from working at the Georgia port where they load grain on these big sh- ships that send grain overseas. Mm-hmm. He comes home about six o'clock, just stinky and dirty and sweaty and just exhausted. And he looks at me and he said, you, you look clean. You must've got a job that I said, yes, sir. I cut Mr. Brown's yard. He said, good. How much do you make? He said, I said, $40 dad. He said, he got real sincere. My dad didn't talk a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he got real sincere and he said, son, I want you to learn a lesson here. You just made in about two hours, the same amount of money I made working all day long. Wow. That was at age 15. Now my dad was high school educated. One of the wisest men I ever knew in my life. He's my hero. Um, and from that point forward, dad and mom invested in myself, my brother, and my sister to teach us business. Mm. So we turned that little, little event into a grass cutting business, which I later sold for my first business. I sold it. And I remember when I was making some decent money, decent being my brother and I made more than my parents did um, whenever we were in high school. And I wanted to learn how to invest. They were pushing that toward us. So I went and talked to a financial guy. You know, I'm going to use that kind of generically. Yep, yep. And the financial guy said, well, you don't have enough money. To, whenever you have, and he threw a number, like it was $100,000. Maybe you have this much, come back and see me. I'm like 17 years old. I mean, it wasn't a hundred thousand, but it was a lot to me. And he was just snarky. I wanted to choke him, you know? <laughs> so, so we sold the business and I came to Tennessee and my wife, I was going through a master's program and somebody in the financial world with American Express advisors reached out and they said, Hey, we've got your resume and we bet you can't pass these tests. If you pass the test, we'll give you 5,000 bucks. But he don't dare me. Okay. I'm like that, you know, I double dog <laughs> yeah. dare you type yeah. guy. He, yeah. And that's what I took it as. So sure enough, I passed the test, got the $5,000, found out real quick that I'm not a sales guy. Mm. I couldn't sell ice to somebody in the desert. I cannot do that. Okay. But what I can do is I can be authentic. And what I did realize is in my authentic person, I am, I do not want to deal with selling mutual funds or investments. I didn't want to deal with insurances. I'm more of a long-term strategist. I love chess. I love music. So I like to think long-term. So I came into the financial planning world. Mm -hmm. So that led into two more businesses that I started and sold. So fast forward now to through the financial planning world to 2009 when Bernie Madoff's in the news and everybody's panicking and people are jumping out of windows. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was, it was tough. It was tough. And I decided that we need to start a business. Yeah, right then in financial world. It was great. Perfect timing. <laughs> so we started a financial planning business and man, we've been blessed, been greatly blessed and, and honored to see some of the accolades that have come through. But what happened in that journey was through those first three businesses that I started and sold for a profit, mm-hmm. I realized that for me personally, business owners, we pour our life's blood, life heart, our education, blood, sweat, and tears, as many, many people say, into growing this business. Mm-hmm. But statistically, only 4% of small business owners actually sell their business. And that is sad to me. Go back to what I said about the, the, the cemetery. It's mm-hmm. sad to me that a person, a, 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 a red blood American or anybody in the world, I've got clients all over the world that can you know, pour their dreams into a business and, and pay many car payments for their employees. And they reached out a certain age in their life and now they're financially destitute. They no don't exactly. have the money to retire. Yeah. Okay. No yeah. So that to me was the, after I've successfully sold three and as I got older and I got more gray hair in my head here, 
people started taking me seriously and they realized, hey, this this young guy does know what he's doing with business. And I began focusing on that. And then with as you as my passion poured into what I do and what I love, helping that business owner drive maximum net worth and creating an exit strategy, but then actually exiting mm-hmm, and actually mm-hmm. getting out of the world and, and living that dream, whether it be retirement or starting another business, man, we just we just begin being blessed. Yeah. And I stand today as a 40-year-old who is greatly blessed and highly favored in the community, but not of my own doing, just through hard work and some dumb luck. (laughs) Well, you know, I think it's a little bit more than dumb luck. And in fact, (laughs) you know, one of the things I would love for you to share with our audience is one of the strategies that, that you feel has been, you know, maybe the core powerful strategy to get you to where you are. So for example, you know, our audience is focused on acquiring and sustaining great relationships with big ticket clients. And for those people who haven't heard me explain this before, a big ticket client is not necessarily um, just someone who pays you lots of money. Okay, A big ticket client is someone for whom you provide massive change and impact in their lives. They're willing to invest in getting that done, um, and they will give you massive referrals in return. So getting that kind of a customer, it's more than just the mass marketing online and, you know, here, buy my $49 course. No, it's a deeper relationship. How do you, Justin, go about building these relationships with big ticket clients and and creating the kind of successful business you've created? Yeah. So whenever we started the uh, Heritage Investors, we started as any other financial advisor would. Um, when we started our own company and we reached out and tried to, if they could lick a plate, we would work with them, right? Fog a mirror, we'd work with them. That's Well, what happened was I began noticing that the people that I received the most joy in my own personal life were people like me. You know, I heard my, I heard one of my clients who happened to be my brother at the time say, if I'm going to get out of bed and leave my beautiful wife and leave my children at home to go into this world, I want to, by God, know, like what I'm doing whenever I'm doing it, whenever I'm leaving my family. Yep. And I remember him saying to me that one time, I was like, you know, I work with a lot of people that I really don't like. Um, it's not that they were bad people. It's just, they weren't my people. They weren't the people like me who like to play music or like to get out in the woods, who like to go out and, and just, just enjoy life. They were, they were slave to debt or they were slave to a career. And that's not who I am. So we took the shotgun approach, like so many business owners do, so many people in marketing do. And man, that's a lot of wasted dollars. It really is. Yeah. yeah. One of my, um, one of my close financial advisor friends said, Justin, you ought to start a blog. Now, in the day in finance, that was impossible to do. The regulations are very difficult to me. Mm-hmm. So we had to get compliance approval, which took months, not days. We had to, we could only do limited things on the blog, but nonetheless, it was a differentiation for me that so many other advisors weren't doing. Here I am in my mid thirties, most advisor in their mid fifties and sixties, and they're just not going to do blogging. So I started blogging. Lo and behold, people started reading it. And I was pretty amazed. I, I, I cannot spell worth a flip. I can't even <laughs> spell flip. So here I am writing things. And it was funny how bad it was. And my wife is like the perfect speller. And she was critiquing saying, you're awful. I'm like, yeah. I don't care. I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> so I'm just putting myself out there in the blogging world. And I realized that, you know what? There's a there's a opportunity here that's a differentiation for our business. Mm-hmm. So then I took it to the next level. I took the dollars out of my business that I was paying myself. I cut my salary way, way, way back to bare bones, rice and beans type of income. And I, I hired the best 
imp- the best person I could find to come in and be my content marketing coordinator. Mm-hmm. And man, that was a that was a lot of prayer, a lot of a lot of faith in that, a lot of strategy. I mean, this was this was fifty thousand plus dollars for me, which was a lot that I was taking out of my pocket and giving to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, whenever he joined the team, I started instantly watching the viewership go up because he was an expert in that area that I was an expert in. Mm-hmm. And he said, Justin, I remember him one day clear as mud. He came in. He said, Justin, look, um, we've got a shotgun approach and this is awful. I can't do what you need to do. Let's make this thing laser focused. Who do you like to work with? Yeah. So I began just talking, man, I like working with business owners. That's my favorite. I like it when they're, they're a partnership or a sole proprietorship. I don't like working with multiple owners. I really like if it's a mother, a husband and wife. I don't mind working with two friends. You know, those, I just like that environment. I like it if they have less than 50 employees. I like it if they like to hunt and fish and play music and they're <laughs> religious. I like that type of people. So we started just listing out all these demographics that we liked. And we came up with two names. We came up with Frazzled Frank. Yeah. Frazzled <laughs> Frank and Fr- and Frantic Fanny. We call them the FFs. Yeah. Frazzled Frank and Frantic Fanny. So what we realized is most business owners are not working on their business. Their business is actually running them. Mm-hmm. And that's why we called them frazzled and frantic. Yep. And yep. what we decided is, is we started hitting their pain points, their pain points of, will I ever be able to retire? Should I hire my wife? How do I reduce my taxes? Man, will I ever get to sleep? Is there such thing as a balanced life? No, there's not, by the way. <laughs> and so we started dealing with all these hot topics. And lo and behold, now Forbes reaches out. And they said, hey, we're reading your stuff. Will you write for us? So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, Kiplinger reaches out. And they said, hey, we're reading your stuff. It's really good. Again, I can't spell with a flip, so it's funny to me. <laughs> so they're like, hey, you're reading your stuff. Will you write for us? Investopedia, will you write for us? All of a sudden, Investopedia is reading all this stuff. And it's like, you know, just blowing up. And now, hey, Justin, you're the top 100 most influential advisor in the United States. You're in the top 100. I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> People are reading actually what we're saying. And what happened next? was the phone started ringing mm. with Frazzled Frank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they pick up the phone and they're like, hey, Justin, my name is Frazzled Frank and here's my problems, man, help me. <laughs> and remember I told you I was awful at sales? Yeah. I'm awful at sales. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> and I started stumbling like, no, 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 we've been reading your stuff. We need your help. Wow. So these are the perfect, the idealistic clients. Mm-hmm. What really sealed the deal was when we started the podcast last year. Um, I did. I started a podcast last January. Now, here's where it gets crazy. We're at like 156 episodes released now. Mm-hmm. If you do the time on that, that's a lot of content I've been pushing out for a year's time frame. Absolutely. The, the first 30 days, we recorded a 30-day every day, about a 30-minute episode. Man, that's a lot of work. And yes. it's it's not in an interview style like you and I are doing here. It's mm-hmm. me actually teaching. Yep. Here is what it means. What Here's what cost of capital is. And here's how you apply it. Mm-hmm. Here's the insurance you should have. And here's what, and we went through everything. We went dealt with how do you grow the business? How do you sell the business? How do you reduce the cost? We went through so much. Mm-hmm. Now, when people call me, they're like, hey, man, I was I was listening to you. Emily, man, she sounded like an awesome person. By the way, your son, Justice, what did you ever? <laughs> and I'm like, I do not know you. Time out. I don't have a clue who you are, but you want my help and you know my family. Yeah, we've listened to every episode of your podcast. So, man, that's been the journey right there. It's been fun. You know, Justin, I have to tell you, you are such a breath of fresh air. You know, online right now today. If you look at the gurus and what they're saying, a lot of them are uh, sort of tapping into the concern that people have about blogging and content marketing. They say things like, 
Hey, you know, stop wasting your time, uh, you know, blogging and content marketing and podcasting. It doesn't work. Just send an ad to Facebook and somebody's going to buy your stuff after a one hour meeting. I'm like, this is, this is crazy. And I, I just love to hear a person like you who has done really what truly does work, which is when you put your content out into the world, your content sells you for you in your absence, you know? So when people do finally meet you, it's no longer a sales call. They're talking to a friend. They're yeah, talking to right. good old Justin. They know your son. They know your, you know, they know your family. They know everything. So yeah. thank you for just being a light in that area. Now on that topic, let's talk about your possible or your clients, your clients, um, the people who care about your podcast and, and the, the work that you do, what challenges do they have? What um, struggles are they going through when you meet them? What belief systems do you have to sort of overcome for them? Give us a sense of who they are. Yeah, so most most of our clients will fall in the range of from about 40 years of age to probably the mid-60s. Uh-huh. That's where their age demographics are. They're nationally based, so it's not just like, even though I say y'all and I have a little bit of accent, they're not all here in the South. Okay. I, in fact, I had somebody up near the Canadian border up in Minnesota that reached out a, a, a partnership of dentists who reached out and heard a podcast said, man, we need your help. So we have them scattered all around. Um, they're, they're typically business owners. They're, they're business owners who their major pain points are we're paying too much in taxes. Mm. That's a huge pain point for people. Another one is I don't, I feel like I'm out of control. Mm -hmm. My business is running me and I'm not running my business. Mm Mm-hmm. That'd be probably one of the top five or six. Another one would be is, man, I don't see any light. I'm tired. Man, that comes into so much effect when I'm dealing with my 50-year-olds, people who've been in business for 20-plus years. Like, I'm tired, and I don't see a way out. Mm. Um, so if you put those together, what they're, what what my clients are looking for is an individual who can act as their general coach, so to speak, their head coach of their football team. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're looking for someone who can come in and truly know what's in their head and their heart and show them how to accomplish their goals. Mm. Where, where they connect with me is because I put myself out there and I'm like, I've done this. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm. I'm only 40 years old, but I've been in business. I was 15. I've already sold three businesses. I know what you're going to go through. I know the stress. I know what it's like whenever, even recently, whenever team members, you'll never hear me call them employees. I always Mm -hmm. say team members, whenever our team members come into and they just are hurting internally that, that wears on us business owners. And most business owners get that. Yes. They know that they realize, you know, we care so much more than we're just not this greedy money horde out there is trying mm-hmm. to get as much as we can. Mm-hmm. So those are probably the pain points that we end up working with. And man, we've had some success. I yeah. mean, I can tell you, you know, we, we serve mm-hmm. over 200 business owners nationally, mm-hmm. full service where we, we sit down, we map out their personal finance. Um, we work through their businesses. I, I was talking, I could tell you two success stories that I, mm-hmm, I could mm-hmm. share from this year. Mm-hmm. One of them is a ditch digger. I'm going to leave it at that because he says, I'm just an old ditch digger. <laughs> he was making about a 1.6 million gross revenue in his business. Not a lot. That wouldn't be a lot for a business owner for most people. Mm-hmm. And he is, let's call him early fifties with no assets saved back about four years ago, just broke. Mm. But he was getting crucified and his CPA is honorable, very good, very good at putting numbers on page, but wasn't really, didn't know how to build wealth. Got it. And so four years later, I was able to sit with him last week whenever I was doing some hunting with him. Again, Mm -hmm. my people, I'm getting out turkey hunting with these folks. (laughs) And um, I was able to sit with him in a rocking chair on top of a mountain and say, hey, buddy, if you do these two things here next year, you can retire. 
That's powerful it in is. a four-year time frame to be able to take somebody who's running around like a chicken with their head cut off, broke, mm-hmm. and they just buy in and they listen and they you are able to guide them over a 48-month period. Now it's going to be almost 60 months and go from broke to fully retired at before age 60 and last the rest of your life. Wow. That, man, that's what gets me up at, in, at night. I mean, that's what gets me up in the morning. That's what keeps me going. Um, another one I had this week was a young person. He joined our team. He mm-hmm. came in. He said, man, I need help. Very successful. Mm-hmm. Very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in the medical field. I, I got to be careful what I say because of regulations. But sure, sure. Me- the medical field, and he owns his own business. He is a star for his business sect. Everybody looks to this individual at the age of 34. Mm-hmm. He comes to me and he says, man, and he's, he's a penny pincher. I really don't think you're worth it yet. Yeah, you're expensive. That's fine. Give me a try. And we agreed to it. Here we are now, three years later, mm-hmm. his net worth has tripled. His CPA is in the office with us here locally, came in. Both these people came in from out of town to have a four-hour meeting. I'm saying, hey, get, hey, buddy, look, in five years, you're fully retired yeah. with an unbelievable net worth. You can retire at age 45, or do you want to do that? And he's like, oh, I didn't realize it was going to happen this fast. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So those are the successes that we're able to show. Now, does everybody have that? This is the regular, I got to say some disclosures. Sure. Every person's situation is going to be different. Yep. I'm not promising that anybody can receive those same results. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying those are two examples, but there are people who won't listen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who constantly try to micromanage. And my job is, is through our, our marketing to let them let people like that realize you're not a fit. You're not a good company. fit. It, you're it, not a fit. It, in fact, one of the things I was going to ask you is, you know, a lot of people look at financial planners. When you say I'm a financial planner or I'm certified, they put you in a bucket, right? But it looks to me, and it sounds like you actually do more than that. You you're helping with a more holistic view of their lives and their businesses, right? Um, what kind of objections do you get from people who uh, sort of put you in that bucket? They, they think you're just going to count some you know, numbers for them every month. Yeah. You know? what, what objections do you get and how do you overcome those objections so that they can be successful with you? Yeah, you know, that's the one thing that I think the industry has been a disservice to is and that is that we have coined ourselves as if I use the term financial advisors, I'm throwing up air quotes here, right? Yep. If, we th- if we use the term financial advisor, most people think all we look at is stocks and bonds. Mm. That's the industry knowledge because that's what's harped on by the media. And they want to talk about the big day or the uh, the poor day. So I'm a certified financial planner. That's my credential. Mm -hmm. I'm a certified exit planning advisor and I'm a certified value growth advisor. So all those mean in a nutshell that I can take an individual and show them if they're a business owner, how to get from point A to point B in a time efficient and tax efficient manner. Absolutely. Whenever I say that, you automatically realize this guy is more than stocks and bonds. In fact, I'm going to say something here that most people get crazy with. Stocks and bonds are so easy, you shouldn't be able to charge for it. But most people think that it's difficult. Yeah. Okay. I literally spend less than five hours a week managing tons and tons and tons of money for people. Our computer programs do that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think there'll be a time period in the near future, and I say near in my lifetime, your lifetime, where this management of money becomes completely handed over to computers. I really believe that. Wow. So the objections that I hear often is people will come in with before they listen to me or before they read our material online, they'll say, they'll start off and say, here's my portfolio, help me. Mm-hmm. And I typically in the meetings, I won't even look at it. I'll say, that's great. Let's put it aside and let's talk about you. And it throws people back and they're like, I don't understand. Let's talk about me. So I, I say, okay, you've got a business here. What keeps you up at night? Well, nothing does. Oh, you're lying. <laughs> what keeps you up at night? Because I'm a business owner. I've been for 30 years. I know 
you're something that keeps you up at night. Mm-hmm. Well, if you really want to know, it's, it's I'm losing employees. We got employee retention issues. Okay. Talk to me about why. So the way I've overcome the objection is my first year in the podcast, we didn't talk about anything that your typical financial advisor would talk about. We didn't talk about stocks, bonds, mutual funds. We didn't talk about 401ks. We didn't talk about life insurance or disability insurance or budgets. We dealt with business. We dealt with business and how that integrates to drive value. And and here's the reason why I say that. This is me and I'm weird. I get that. But Mm -hmm. I know that Justin Goodbread can make more money in his business than I can the stock market. I know that. So does every other business owner out there. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make sense for me to say, I'm going to take a substantial amount of my money and put it over here into the stock market to let some other Yahoo out there charge me a bunch of money when I know that I can use that same money and grow my net worth faster. Wow. I realize that. That's me. I think this way. Yes. So what my job is, is to tell the business owner, I get you. I am you. We are the same. Now we may have, we may be different in various aspects, but we are the same, man. Yeah. Let me show you how to grow your net worth because that's what it's about. And so once you come in with that approach, that is what we're so hungry for. Absolutely. That's what we're hungry for, man. So it's, I don't see it as difficult. I see it as opportunity. It's opportunity to educate and help people. Yeah. No, uh, Justin, I, I have to say you have really, you have really blazed a trail. In fact, if you had, let's say someone said, we're going to give you three points to make. Big, your your biggest uh, nuggets of advice for people who, whether they're in the financial space or they're not, but they want to grow their businesses away from this mass marketing thing mm-hmm. toward really valuable, big ticket clients. What would be your three points, your three big nuggets of advice uh, for such people? Yeah. The first one is, is become an expert to a small group of people. Mm. Become an expert to a small group of people. This more, the more you can narrow your potential client pool, mm-hmm. the more you can elevate yourself to that potential client pool. And the more that you can elevate yourself to that potential client pool, the more that client pool will seek you out. It's not even marketing at that point. Yeah. So my first big ticket item, I would say, using your terminology, would be become an expert to a micro, a small person, Powerful. the smallest niche possible. Powerful. Okay. All right. Um, so I've got a friend of mine in the financial world that all he does is work with professional bass fishermen. Ha! How much more can micro niche can you get than that? Okay. Nice. So I would say that's number one is become a perfect, become an expert at one little area. Yeah. And then number as, two as, is, as they say, the riches are in the niches. So there correct. you go. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I, I didn't think about that, but yeah, you're exactly right. Yep. You're exactly right. So, and then number two Once you identify that area that you're an expert in, you now have to be, I'm going to use your word, I like it, authentic Mm. in your approach. You can't, you know, I I love watching certain people out there. You know, Gary Vee changed my life on the way I think about about marketing. I still to this day listen to him, but Mm. I am not a Gary Vaynerchuk. That's not who I am. Mm -hmm. I am not a Dave Ramsey. That's not who I am. Dave Ramsey has pros and cons. I have pros and cons. So I can't pattern my life after him. I can't pattern my life after Tony Robbins. Although I'd like to take all three of those big names and say, (laughs) that's who Justin is. Absolutely. I can't pattern my life or my approach. And truth be told, what they did to reach Mm -hmm. the success level they're at is not going to work from this point forward. So what got them to where they're at, they're constantly having a change and going to blue ocean and move forward. So 
the playing field is equal for all those names and yours truly. Yes. So yes. I realize that. So if I can get micro niched and realize that all I have to do is be authentic mm. of who I am, true to myself, follow my passion. You know, Zig Ziglar, I used to say, have a statement that says, you help others get all they can, all they want, and you'll get all you want. Yes. Same exact approach, you know. Yes. It goes back to a conversation my brother and I had that I mentioned earlier, and then I relayed that to a client. I said, you know, I really don't care about you. And he just <laughs> looked at me. He goes, and he said, what are you talking about? I said, that's what you're telling me. Yeah. You are telling me that you don't care about me. And man, that's not, this is a give and take. Yeah, yeah. We have to be on the same page, working in the same direction. And I don't think this is meant for us. Now, this is a good, great person. Yeah, Love the yeah. guy to death. Still today, yeah. we're friends. Mm -hmm. So I, I think number two is you got to be authentic for you, yourself. You know, Justin, I have to I have to thank you for that endorsement of the word authentic because I've actually built my business around that word. I mean, as you can see, if you look over there, see, that's my guitar. Yes. Right? That's my guitar. That's my book. And look at this T-shirt here that I wear for got every it. show, Dr. Pillay. I realized, just as you did, I am never going to be as good a Tony Robbins as I can be a Dr. Pillay. So, That's right. <laughs> so why keep trying to be someone else? And it really does work when you find your Justin Goodbread, yourself within yourself. I love that. So what's your third one? Man, my third one is keep your priorities in line. Mm. Um, I went through a real hard time back in 07 through about 2014. I went through a business divorce and it, it was painful. And in that time period, I lost about seven key family members to mine that were in my wedding that are no longer on this earth. And what I realized in this, and I know this is big ticket items, but it's, it creates the priorities of our lives. Yeah. And that is for me, my priorities are my faith, my faith that I have, my family, my friends. Because when life happens, no matter the client, no matter, unless they're truly a friend, a client who's become, and, we, and I'm sure many people who listen to this have those clients who became friends. In mm -hmm. fact, I had a client who became a friend that took me on top of a mountaintop, just loved on me, prayed with me, just, just encouraged me last week. And I was just humbled that he would do so. Yes. But you've got you've to keep the priorities in place. For many business owners, we start out with a passion. I mentioned earlier that my, my life was, I, I like landscaping. I had this passion to develop a purple daylily. I, I went to school to actually learn how to do that. Mm -hmm. My degree is actually horticulture, believe it or not. So I learned, but I took this passion of growing plants and mm -hmm. turned it into a job of watching and dealing with a bunch of adult babies who were driving lawnmowers and swimming pools. Okay. <laughs> it was crazy. It was unbelievable. So you pull back to what do we do? Who who are we in our person? What is it that gets us up in the morning? What is it that we truly hold ourselves for? You know, life is more than get all you can, can all you get and sit on your can. It's more Ooh, than that. Okay. That. My that. dad said that for years. It's more than that. It is about you know, what we're could talking you about. Can you repeat that, Justin? That's a great sure. quote. Life sure. is my more dad than used what? To, my dad used to say life is more than get all you can, mm -hmm. can all you get mm -hmm. and sit on your can. It's more than that. You know, we have been we have been blessed to grow in this generation that we're in now. Mm -hmm. We've been blessed to have the knowledge that we've been imparted on us by our life experiences. As long as we stay true to our motivating factors, our authentic self, mm -hmm. but more importantly, stay focused on what it is that really motivates you. Mm -hmm. For me, it's my faith, my family, and my friends. Yeah. If that is what truly motivates me, then man, when life gets hard and it will, mm -hmm. whenever I start getting discouraged about, man, my blog's not working, my podcast isn't working, my, yeah, all this isn't working. If you stay true to look, faith, family, friends, or whatever it may be for whoever the listener is, mm -hmm. no matter what comes at you, 
And as business owners, as we're dealing with those hard days, those tough days, it always, you have a, you have an anchor, you have a staple, you have a foundation that draws you back to the true you Yeah, that doesn't waver you from your mission of life. Wow. So that's what we, those would be my three powerful things I would say. Justin, I could listen to you for hours. Thank you so much for, for blessing, frankly, our, our show with your wisdom. You are a great teacher, and I hope that we stay in touch uh, uh, going forward. Thank you so much. But before we go, can you tell our listeners and our viewers how to get a hold of you? What's your favorite web address or location where they can find you? Sure. Financially Simple. FinanciallySimple.com is our blog. Yep. It's the hub for everything we do. I've got to tell you, we've got our first book coming out. It'll be on Amazon and hopefully Barnes and Nobles here in the next 30 days talking about the ultimate sale mm. um, and how us business owners can actually achieve what most of us want to achieve. So that's exciting. But I would say the hub point is FinanciallySimple.com. The podcast is on any major tune. Yep. The uh, YouTube channel is up and running. You can see my beautiful face. I do have a face <laughs> for radio. I'll tell you that in advance. By the way, um, is the podcast also called Financially Simple or Financially every- Simple? Everything's financially simple. Perfect. Yep. And I even the it. books and the courses are like, we have a course on debt, how to get out of debt specifically it's, for us business finan- owners. By the uh, way, Justin, are you sure you and I aren't like twins or something or brothers from another <laughs> mother? Because I've got the same thing. My book is big ticket clients. My website is big ticket clients. My music CD is big. I mean, we're talking, you're doing yeah. what I'm doing and I've never <laughs> met you. <laughs> Well, the one thing I'll tell you that I want to achieve, and I, I had this goal from a, from a child, because remember I told you I can't spell, right? Uh-huh. I had a teacher tell me, you'll, you'll be done the rest of your life. So I said, no, I won't. I will have a New York Times bestseller. Ooh. And since I was 12 years old, I said, I want a New York Times bestseller. I don't know if this first book's going to be it, but before this person leaves the face of this earth, I will have a New York Times bestseller. And if that my teacher's still alive, I'm going to send her my manuscript and say, you're right, I can't spell, <laughs> but I know how to hire people who can, and it makes me look like I can spell. Oh, my gosh. So, that but no, so but we cool. use, we brand everything a financially simple guide too. Okay. Um, and the reason why I want that is I want to build a legacy for whenever I'm gone, whenever I leave this finance world, whenever I leave, maybe I'm out speaking or whatever, that this, this education, this knowledge base goes past that cemetery. Absolutely. I don't want my kids to say, man, my dad was so wise. He just left everything. He was selfish. He kept it all in his head. Man, I want to put it all out there. I want to leave it all out there and try to help as many people as possible. Absolutely. Hey, Justin, uh, I hope everyone who heard this uh, has been inspired as I've been. And we'll all go to financiallysimple.com and check you out. Justin, I look forward to speaking with you again very soon. You're great. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me today. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Big Ticket Clients Podcast. For more episodes and strategies, visit BigTicketClients.com. That's www.BigTicketClients.com. And remember, you can't catch a whale with a worm.